welcome. This podcast is hosted by Vera Bhava Yoga and explores our understanding of yoga and its relationship to resilience. If you like exploring with us, use coupon code PODCAST2022 at virabhavayoga.com to receive 15% off of all Virabhava products and programming. I am your host, Kelly Golden, and I'm a writer, a yoga teacher, a dedicated practitioner, exhaustive thinker, and the founder of Virabhava Yoga School. I've been practicing and studying yoga since 1995 and teaching since 2003. My primary focus is Sri Vidya Tantra and the ways that yoga can be directly applied to our lives in all situations. This season will continue to follow my exploration of just that, both my successes and my failures, as well as feature conversations with fellow practitioners, teachers, and humans living resilience as their yoga. Through contemplation, wondering, conversation, and experience, we will explore resilience as synonymous with the path and practice of yoga. Our conversations will unpack the points of crossover, the similarities of experience, and the ways that both practices support arriving whole and alive in the midst of wherever we find ourselves, be it hardship and challenge or joy and pleasure. Many of these conversations are hosted monthly as free live classes that also include an accompanying asana practice. Visit our website to learn more and to participate if you would like to explore studying with us more deeply. Check out our online Tantra yoga and meditation programs at virabhavayoga.com. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey friends, in this episode of the Yoga of Resilience podcast, we open the treasure box of yoga and Tantra. We begin by exploring the map of a yoga practice and how the journey of yoga and resilience is a long game rather than one of short-term gains. We talk about how our yoga practice works over time and as an added bonus, we work with the myth of the tantric goddess Kali to understand the power of our relationship with time. This one is short but super juicy with lots of hidden gems about the practice and lifestyle of Tantra. I hope it serves your practice and your life. Enjoy the listen. It's so easy when we have those initial experiences of a yoga practice and those big gains to think that that's what the practice is all about. But the truth of the matter is the practice is about the valleys and not the peaks, right? The, the practice is about what happens when we're not making big gains. Um, and I follow a lot of yogis on Instagram and I follow a lot of y'all on Instagram and I watch the sort of, um, oh, what's the word? Um, tug of war between um, what it means to get on your mat and what it means to practice and what it means to have a really challenging day or really challenging life and be available for your practice. And so I, I know where you're at because I'm there with you, right? And the long game of yoga is an experience of stretching the perception of what yoga is beyond just what you do on your mat and your body. So even when you're feeling... Um, kind of bummed out that you didn't uh, get on your mat that day. 
it's not the it's not necessarily correct to equate not getting on your mat or not getting on your cushion with not doing yoga are you bringing that awareness of how you meet yourself into all of the things you're doing in your day and if you are maybe not even all of them even one moment and if you are then you're still in the practice of yoga so yoga as a long game is not uh, married to yoga as a physical practice or even a meditative practice. However, physical and meditative practices are so supportive. Um, and, and hatha yoga, if what you're wanting to practice is hatha yoga, then it does require the physical movements of asana, meditation, pranayama, and relaxation. If you're wanting to practice tantra, then it's a little bit bigger than that. Right? We use the physical practice and the meditative practices to shore us up for the big practice of life. So the space and time where gains start to fade is where the practice of Tantra or the yoga of Tantra really starts to come into play. Um, when you're left with just who you are, that's when the long game of yoga starts to, to gain a lot of power. Um, what I'm, what I'm contemplating inside of myself, because, um, I'm a practitioner too. I get on here and I just share with you, um, what I've discovered or even what I'm experiencing in the moments, um, as opposed to come in and, and assume some sort of great authority. So I'm not an authority on yoga. I'm not an authority on life. I don't sit here perfected. I am all screwed up just like everybody else um, and I do have the sense that practice is enhancing and supporting my life in every way and allows me to show up more in more places in more ways more fully all the time right um, I meditate regularly but to be quite honest with you I haven't gotten on my mat in like four days Right. So my meditation is a lock in place for myself because it puts me in uh, that space of anchoring into the truth of who I am. It puts me really close up with um, the valleys of my practice. Right. The valleys of my experience, because in meditation, the work is to turn towards yourself to allow what is there to be there to see what there is to see. And oftentimes people perceive meditation as a place to get away from who you are. And that might be true if you're not practicing tantrically. But if you're practicing tantric meditation, your meditation is invitational. It's invitational to come home and into yourself and see yourself clearly for who you are as you are. And then to learn through the practices of meditation how not to make judgments about these things and instead deepen your inquiry right so you're never gonna have yourself figured out do you know this like every especially you guys you guys have all done the work with me and you and you learn this more when you when you go down the the path into into the vichara practice into the 300 hour work but there's never ever a moment where you finally got yourself figured out 
And I will, I will encourage you to carry that outward into the world around you, no matter how well you know your partner or your children or your parents, no matter how well you know your best friends, no matter how well you know your coworkers or your boss, you are never, ever, ever going to know everything about everybody. You are never going to have anybody completely figured out because you yourself can't be completely figured out. You can't figure yourself out completely. So the beauty of a long game practice is it's opening again and again and again to the things that maybe you didn't realize about yourself before, but now you can see. And so the reason that works over time is because we're not always ready to see ourselves. Just because we want to, it doesn't mean that we're ready. When we become ready, if we're practicing yoga, if we're committed, if we're really trusting this path, when we become ready, then the opportunity to see ourselves will open to us, right? And then we'll see and we'll experience what there is to see and then we'll keep moving forward to see more and see more and see more. And the more that we can see about ourselves, right? Do you guys know this? Have you learned this already in your yoga practice? The more that we can see about ourselves, the more we're able to hold when we see it in others, right? The less we can see about ourselves, and this is the whole strange game of um, sort of defense and protection um, and projection. When When someone reflects to us something about ourselves that we don't like, we go blind and then assume that it's other people's blindness, right? Or assume, uh, and this, you know, there's a lot of gray in this uh, statement, but our blindness is to us, not necessarily to everyone else, right? So when someone gives you that opportunity to deepen your understanding of yourself, a long game of yoga gives you the space to take the opportunity rather than to shut down to it, right? And this is learned. You'll see what you can see when you can see it, And then every moment, there'll be another opportunity to see more. You'll never have it all figured out. So what I've started to learn or or understand about this, and I don't know if it's ever, like, maybe there's a teaching on this. I don't know if there is or not. Um, Probably. But what I'm feeling in my bones these days is yoga as a long game practice is a Kali practice. Okay. You guys know the goddess Kali, um, especially in um, Shakta Tantra, Kali has a really big place uh, in, the, in the spiritual practice uh, of Shakta Tantra. Uh, and Kali, in case you guys don't know her, I wish I had a screen share to throw up right now for my folks that are live. Kali is um, the ferocious mother, right? And her image, anthropomorphized, is of a topless woman whose tongue is lolling out, dripping blood, and she has a necklace of skulls and a skirt of arms. And she is the ferocious mother who is also the destroyer. If you are playing the long game of yoga, if you are desiring to practice Tantra, Tantra does not start until you have crossed the precipice of the short-term gains of your yoga practice. 
because Kali doesn't dance into your practice really until you are stuck. Until you are no longer celebrating how awesome yoga is. When you stop celebrating how awesome yoga is and start questioning, is this what I should be doing? How is this helping me? Is this taking too much time? Is this taking too much energy? Am I getting anything out of this? Then you have invited Kali into the room. Because Kali is the one who dances through those questions, turning you towards the illusions of yourself that you have. Her goal is to liberate you from all of the false understandings of who you are. And when your yoga, that beginning space where things are going so great, when your yoga is just great, you don't ever wonder about the truth of who you are. You just assume that this greatness that you're experiencing is who you are. And it's true. But by the very nature of our existence, tantrically speaking, we forget So unless we can know who we are also as the forgetting ones, unless we're still seeking that truth, then the practice of yoga starts to get away from us. If we stop doing the practice because we're not feeling the love and light and bliss of success and achievement and ease, then we've we've at least stopped doing the yoga part of yoga. Maybe we're still doing the asana part. Maybe we're still doing the meditation part, but the yoga part, the inquiry part, the clarity part, the awareness and understanding, those things don't exist until things get hard, until Kali steps into the room, right? So here's some things about Kali. Did you know this was going to be a Kali talk today? I feel like I just, I might have surprised you. Um, Isn't it exciting that it's a Kali talk today? The, some cool things about Kali is that she is worshipped in the, in the Hindu uh, pantheon. She's worshipped as a mother, a fierce mother, right? And ferocity is often frightening. And, and that her anthropomorphized image can be seen as very frightening, but still nourishing. As frightening as ferocity is, it's also nourishing. Have you ever had the hiccups? It is so nourishing to have somebody startle you so your hiccups stop, right? Kali is the scary person that makes your hiccups go away, right? So the ferocity, it's also the ferocity of protection, right? To know that when you start to uncover or expose the um, sort of gnarly underbelly of the truth of who you are when you're stuck, When you're not firing on all cylinders, when you're not performing at your highest, when you start showing up to yourself in that place, Kali protects the tenderness that you are. She protects the truth that when you have these big gains, that's also you. Kali moves in to tell you, yes, you are this stuck, confused, disappointed person and also this celebratory, beautiful, harmonious, uh, amazing, vital, perfected being, right? She 
Her ferocity protects you in such a way that all the things can coexist. Maybe you're passive aggressive and uh, harmonious, right? Maybe you're an amazing communicator and, uh, I don't know, somebody that shuts down. Like maybe you're all of it. Kali says, yes, you can be all of it. And then that fierce mother's job is also to destroy the illusion that you're not all of it. So a lot of times what happens in the long game of yoga, after we move past that great beginning experience that most of us have, maybe not all of us, is we get bummed out. We get down on ourselves. Why is my, why is my practice kind of mundane these days, right? Why am I not experiencing this uplifting uh, pranic high that I did in the beginning? And so when we get bummed out and we get down, we're in, we start to move into the muck and mud of Maya, the illusion, which also translates as magic. The magic of our forgetting is the doorway to our remembering. So when you're in that muck and mud of forgetting, Kali comes in and helps destroy the, the illusion that you've ever forgotten. What a gift. What an offering. And here's the, the downside of that is it's like bloody. It is ferocious and is often a severing. So the things that we get really comfortable being sometimes have to go. Um, you know, Vera Baba's got a rep for being the like, leave your marriage, quit your job, teacher training. Because sometimes things have to go when they're not true to who you are, right? But sometimes they don't. Sometimes they stay and they get richer and richer and richer. And that is also one of those things that Kali allows, the both and, right? So why the long game of yoga, I mean, and Patanjali said this, guys, like for real. Patanjali said yoga must be practiced for a long time without break and with reverence. And so he called up Kali right there in that. I'd have to look up the sutra to see exactly the Sanskrit. But to practice for a long time is a Kali practice. The root of the word for time and the root of the word for Kali is the same in Sanskrit. Kala. It's the same. Kali is time. And that's precisely why she's the destroyer, because time never stops. Right? Amber cut her hair. And time doesn't stop, so eventually it's going to be this long again, unless she cuts it again. You know, like it's the time never stops. We can, we can punctuate an action with an end in our mind, but that is an illusion. There's no period in time. It keeps going. It has gone before us, and it will go on after us. Whether, whether he, the human race is here or not, time will continue. Right? And that is her power. Kali is time. And so when we practice, we practice for a long time. We practice the Kali way. We practice in time, with time. We don't practice as an end of time. 
this is my time in practice and then I'm going to stop. That's not how it works. It's without break. We practice for a long time without break. And guys, Patanjali never, ever talked about asana in the way that we think asana is. Asana in Patanjali Sutra is a meditative seat. It is not up dog, down dog, chaturanga. It's none of that. When when Patanjali said practice for a long time and without break and with reverence, he meant the yoga of living. And we don't ever stop practicing that. And that is a Kali practice because if you try to practice the yoga of living all the time, it will destroy everything you thought you were. Give thanks because everything you thought you were is an illusion. And underneath it, guess what? There's more that you thought you were or more that you think you are. And there she is again showing up. Showing up to destroy that too so that you can see what's underneath that. And then there'll be more. And then there'll be more. And then there'll be more. See how this works? It never runs out. There's always more. We have this idea that destruction is an end point. But it's not. It's a perpetuating action. We also have this idea that destruction is negative, but you have to frame this understanding within the context of Tantra where there are no dichotomies. Right? Our our deciduous trees would suffer if they didn't destroy their leaves at the end of every fall. It is a gift that that beautiful green leafy oak tree outside your window turns yellow or red in September or October and then goes leafless and those leaves are turned into soil over the winter and longer because there is no rebirth without the destruction that precedes it. So Kali is a mother. She is a nurturer. She is a giver. She's not just something scary. So practice as a long game is a Kali practice. It's her practice. It's time. It's time itself. Time to look. Time to feel. Time to traverse the terrain of your inner landscape. And that is a rocky, muddy, perilous, full of quicksand and like weird, scary snakes and uh, bears and lions and tigers, all of that in your inner terrain. For the most part, it's a scary place. And it's not scary because it's going to eat you alive. It's simply scary because we spend so much of our time exiling ourselves from it. So Kali tells us it's okay to be scared. It's okay to destroy this idea that we are ever exiled from ourselves. And that you can source power by going inward. And you have the time. You are time. If you don't think you're time, then grab a picture of yourself as a baby and hold it up to your face. This starts getting really real when you cross the threshold from 30s to 40s, 
because you're watching your face change in the mirror every day. And then from 40s to 50s and 50s to 60s and 60s to 70s, if we're fortunate enough to live out time in that way, the evidence that we are it is literally written all over our face. Isn't that amazing? My power just went out. Um, <laughs> this is my day, y'all. Kali is like deep in me today. So practice as a long game is a Kali practice. You need a fierceness to practice in that way. Right? It's not available to practice if there's not a bit of ferocity in you. Because time is bringing you to an end, even if, it's, if it itself doesn't end. And so we have to be brave, and we have to be strong, and we have to be willing to see that. So there's a strength required in practicing the long game. And you know this, because how many times have you stopped practicing? At least you thought you'd stopped practicing. How many times have you been like, I don't have time to get on my mat or I don't have time to get on my cushion or my partner is being such a jerk. I don't have time to think about how to like um, meet them from my heart or whatever, right? There's no time. Every time we say there's no time, we're forgetting that we're in the practice of time because all there is is time. All there is is the long game of practice. And we lose that awareness when we think that practice is to give us some sort of outcome at all. Practice is never meant to answer any questions, only to discover more questions and deeper questions. The fierceness that Kali brings is a strength for sure. And you require that strength in the long game practice, but it's more than strength. It's a strength that's more than strength. It's strength plus power. So what you access when you surrender to the long game of practice is the power of knowing that this is the point. That every step that you're taking That every experience, be it a gain or a loss, is the practice. That every lesson and every failure and every success and every celebration, it is the practice. There is power there. When you recognize yourself as time, you take your power back. When you think time is oppressing you or time is running out, or that anything is a waste of time, we are losing our power. So Kali's strength is a strength that accesses the power of the experience of being time. It also, that experience, that power of being time is a commitment when you commit to being a part of a line that has preceded you and will follow you for who knows how long, right? Uh, my, I have a friend who said, um, sure, we're all made of stardust, but like, so is plastic, right? So is everything that goes to the landfill. So is 
everything that you disbelieve or that you don't like or that you abhor about the world, all made of stardust. So that timeline has nothing to do with our personal opinions and dichotomies. And it has everything to do with an understanding that we are contributing to something so much bigger than who we are with every breath. And Kali helps us remember. She strips away, sometimes like ripping off the band-aid and sometimes like a slow pull that grabs every hair on your arm on the way and pull like you know like sometimes it's like that to remind you that this game is bigger than the illusion of our cultural or uh i have so many words i want to say that i'm not going to say that it's so much bigger than the time we're in right now it's not a finite amount of time Right. This game precedes us and it will go on after us. So every choice, and that's the other piece of the power, is the power to choose. And it's not about choosing what's right versus what's wrong. And it's not about choosing what's good versus what's bad. It's about using everything that you discover, every awakening, awareness moment that unfolds from your mat or your cushion or your walk in the woods or your conversation with your mother, whatever it is. To take every one of those discoveries and use them to make choices about how you will show up everywhere, all the time. That's the long game of yoga. And we need our mats. We need to be in our bodies. That's why Rachel is going to come and take us into our bodies. God bless her. Thank you for being here. We need, and asana is, is its own uh, sculpting its own art that has the power to shape and move prana in ways that can help us remember or help us discover things that maybe, I don't know, weightlifting can't. But I don't know. I'm not a weightlifter. You know, I just had a conversation with a friend last night that I went out and went dancing with. And I literally, Rachel says she literally just broke her clock. <laughs> It's true. I, I started this call in my car. So um, we're talking about time. But last night I went dancing. At first I went and met with a friend who's already done something that I'm about to do, a big undertaking. And, and her statement was, sometimes walking is more spiritual to me than yoga practice. All right. Amber just, Amber knows that. Right? Y'all know that. Sometimes getting out in the woods and just walking is, is a spiritual practice. Right? And then we went and danced. And it was totally a spiritual practice. Right? Being in your body, when you do it from that access point of choice, embodiment in any way that brings you home to yourself, that is yoga. And, and it just so happens that asana has, it's like uh, made for it. So that's why it works so well. That's why we love asana because it's literally made for the thing that we seek it's made for our embodiment so practice is something it's almost time for me to hand it over, over to rachel practice is something that you do until it becomes the way that you live
Yoga is not a get-rich-quick scheme. Not at all. Not like metaphorically or uh, literally. It is not a short-term gain. Therefore, it's not something that you're going to get something out of and then be done with. Yoga is the way we access this Kali practice, the way we become the time that we inhabit. <clears throat> if the short-term, short-term gains is what you seek, your time with yoga will be short and maybe even disappointing. But if you're in it for the long haul, the gains will continue forever. Not just the physical ones, but all levels of practice. Kali as the destroyer needs to be Kali as time to hone in on the illusions that exist inside. And because destruction isn't necessarily always bad, it, it, it might be necessarily always painful always a threshold cross, always an initiation, but not always bad, then we can start to surrender to it when it shows up at our door and even make that destruction a part of our practice. There's moments where it may feel like you're going backwards, but you aren't ever off your path. Your, your stuck moments, your backwards moments, um, your overwhelm moments, they're invitational moments. They're threshold moments. And it's part of the long game of yoga. Part of the Kali aspect is to recognize those moments and then choose how to meet them. And there's no right choice. You can choose just to be pissed off. That's still yoga. Understanding, observing the quality of your frustration or aggravation, wondering why and from where it comes, wondering how it's impacting or playing into a larger web of experience in your community and with your people close in and far away. All of that is yoga. Choosing to find the access points of that frustration in your body. All of that is yoga. Being time in the process of destroying itself. That's Tantra, right? Do the work of showing up. That's the long game of yoga, of yoga. It's what Kali calls us to do. She promises liberation from our illusions. And here's the thing. She doesn't have one skull on her necklace. She has a multitude. And she doesn't have one arm on her skirt. She has many so it isn't a one-off game. It isn't the experience where you're going to reach the top of the mountain and be done. I always watch these outdoor movies. I love like Banff Mountain Film Festival. And um, I love these uh, extreme outdoor movies where they like show like the hard work it takes to get to the top of the mountain or crush the trail or ski the slope or whatever it is. But they don't ever show the aftermath, right? Like when it's climbing to the top of the mountain, the movie ends. It doesn't like then show them having to come back down. You always come back down from the top, right? And in skiing, I guess it's backwards because they show you like totally being awesome all the way down, but they don't show people climbing up to the top to access their awesomeness of coming down. So remember that it's just because we don't always see it. Like this, y'all, is the worst. 
Can we please start a movement where you start showing the worst of yourself on your social media posts? It's exhausting to try to be the best all the time and to think that only being the best is your yoga. Only being you all the time, that's your yoga. Being more and more you, understanding more and more who you are, being shocked and surprised and amazed every time there's a new part of yourself you didn't even know existed, that's yoga. Meeting those unknown parts, that's yoga. That's the long game. So Kali says show up. She promises liberations from, liberation from our illusions over and over and over again, time after time. For all time. That is the nature of the long game of yoga. Start where you are always. Even if you're starting there over and over and over again. And remember for a long time without break and with reverence. Because it's all you. Bow to that. No matter what. Again and again. Keep going. Yeah? This podcast is only a fraction of what we do at Virabhava Yoga. To learn more about our live classes, workshops, online tantric meditation, and yoga trainings, visit our website, www.virabhavayoga.com, or follow us on Instagram at virabhavayoga. You can also register to attend these conversations live and download the associated asana classes by visiting virabhavayoga.com backslash podcast. Don't forget to use code PODCAST2022 to save 15% off of anything on our website. May these conversations inspire you to explore yoga as resilience in your life. Thanks for listening.